Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Happening, it's Eric J. Olson, another live edition and episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. So, Scott, thank you for your patience as we had to deal with that. But hey, Scott Kelsey, welcome. Hi, to Eric. How are you? Fantastic. Yeah, man. Well, hey, Scott, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe a, a little bit of personal, like where you live and yeah, anything else you'd like to share. I currently live in Henderson, Nevada. We moved here from West Virginia. My parents moved us here when I was about six. So I have been in the Las Vegas slash Henderson area for the majority of my life. I did a stint in law school uh, at Whittier Law School in Costa Mesa, California. And I lived in South Bay, LA uh, about a year before that. And so while I was going to law school, I lived in Irvine, California, and then practiced here for 10 years and decided to go back to California and see what trouble I could get into out there and lived in Irvine for another couple of years and, and came back in about January of 2014. Okay. Very nice. That's awesome. What, what's it like there? What's the weather like right now? It's hot. Uh, I want to say it's in the around 90 or low 90s right now. Wow. I'm kind of inside with this monkey suit on as opposed to being out there. It is interesting how we have to dress sometimes as men with jackets on and it's 90 degrees out. You don't really need a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a court in the morning during the summer sometimes and it's been like at least 95 to 100 and you're like sweating and it's not a pleasant experience. But it's a dry heat. So not quite bad, right? <laughs> it's dry on the outside, wet on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, tell us a little bit about your firm, your company size, what you guys specialize in, things like that. Okay. So I try, I run it as a solo generally. I have some uh, independent, con- I have an independent contractor who's my of counsel, paralegal and whatnot, but uh, I, I try not to have employees. I've, I've managed pretty large departments in firms and other firms. And for me, I'm kind of at that stage in my life where I just want to do my work and I don't, I, I don't want to have headaches. And so the only the only person giving me a headache is me. And since I'm the boss, I can't really fire myself. So I guess I'll just have to deal with my headaches. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise you have knuckleheads like me with technical difficulties giving you headaches, right? <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, in terms of practice areas, our primary practice areas are corporate law, small business, general counsel, community associate, association, general counsel, construction defect litigation contract law, personal injury. And I was doing a lot of family law for quite some time, but I'm trying to phase that area out of my practice. It's a, it's a difficult, if it's a difficult area, I mean, I got into being a lawyer because I like to help people, but it's hard to help people when the law is not followed, when attorneys lie through their teeth and nothing happens, when judges don't even know Nevada law and that's what their job is to do, to know Nevada law, number one, to two, number two, to enforce Nevada law. And number three, not to to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. So that's family law in Clark County. I like to fondly say it's where truth, justice, and the American way are DOA. So it's a big problem, and I wish they'd do something to clean it up, but I don't have to be there, so I've got yeah. plenty of work in other areas. So I guess, I guess it's the Wild West still. What What is it about family law in particular that seems to be an issue there? Well, no, it's just like I described. I mean, the, the litigants are you know, just individual people like you and I, they're going through a hard time, a divorce, a custody battle. And I mean, there's really no court, in my opinion, that has a more direct impact on the daily lives of families, husbands, soon to be ex-husbands, wives, soon to be ex-wives, and the children. The children are supposed to be those that are the most looked out for. I mean, when you're in law school and when you're in practice, 
you know, the guys in family court is in the best interest of the children. In family court in Clark County, I don't think that's what they take into consideration. I think that in family court in Clark County, Nevada, here's the best litigant that you can be in family court. Frumpy looking, heavy, heavy set, a female, lie through your teeth, no documentary support or evidence for anything that you say. And you can get a gold mine in family court. Guys like me who care about the law and truth and justice and work really hard and make a good living, we're wearing big bullseyes on our chest when we walk into family court. It's it's insane. Wow. That, that sounds crazy. Um, on the other practice areas, it sounds like you cover a lot of different areas of the law. So I, I heard business law, contract law, also personal injury. Like just uh, you know, personal injury and say like business law, not something that you would typically think would go kind of hand in hand. Is that just something that, that's evolved for you know you over time or did you like kind of specialize in those areas? So for most of my career, I practiced construction defect litigation. And I, I'm one of the few attorneys in Nevada that has practiced on all sides of that coin. Uh, I started off representing builders, developers, general contractors. I did that for about seven years. Then I represented still some, some general contractors and developers, but primarily uh, for about two, two years or so. I represented subcontractors, design professionals, material manufacturers, and then I moved over to the plaintiff side. I took a few years where I was doing some other things like family law and corporate law, and then I, I my conflicts or potential conflicts cleared up, and I started practicing on the plaintiff side, and I did that for about six years. And that's where in my bio, over that six-year period of time, I I recovered over $32 million for my client's gross recovery in the plaintiff construction defect matters. Oh, wow. That's significant. Good for you. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the one good thing about construction defect litigation is that you get your hands in everything. In those cases specifically, I've probably been involved in 250, 250, 300 mediations. I've taken likely about a thousand depositions, uh, whether they be uh, homeowners, HOA re representatives, executive board members, whether they be expert witnesses, uh, whether they be contractors, persons most knowledgeable. I really got, and you're in court a lot, right? And you're you're engaged in law and motion practice a lot. So it's one of those areas of practice that it's called complex litigation in Nevada. And you are a litigator. You litigate every day, all day, whether in writing, telephone, mm -hmm. uh, in court, in deposition, in mediation. And uh, I really feel like th that basis really helped me develop not only quickly as a, as a litigator, as an attorney, just with regards to construction defect litigation, but it touches on so many different acts, aspects of law, each case individually in different ways that you get this broad range of knowledge and then you can go and apply that to various other areas of law. Gotcha. That's interesting. So, you know, in the last year, coronavirus has affected a lot of companies and I know it's affected the legal industry, uh, things like, you know, trials by Zoom and you know, things that would normally be done in a, in person in a courtroom are not happening over the internet. So we've certainly seen some pretty rapid changes in the industry. Has Have you seen that as well? And what other kinds of trends are you kind of seeing happening now and probably happening sometime soon in the legal industry? So with regards to the law practice itself, I actually opened Kelsey Law Group or started, formed and started Kelsey Law Group at the end of February of last year. So basically, 
basically right before COVID hit. And to be honest with you, I really haven't felt that much of an impact from it. I started busy and to date, I'm super busy. So I was fortunate that I didn't get affected in that regard. You know, yes, we do our hearings via, it's called Blue Jeans. It's just like Zoom, but it's the courts version of Zoom. And I recently about I want to say two months ago, I had a bench trial via Zoom, and so that was interesting. <laughs> I've heard I've heard through the grape legal grapevine that there have been some actually full blown trials that, or at least one or two that they tried, and it was such a nightmare. I think most judges were just putting it off until the smoke cleared a little bit. And so I know there's quite a trial backlog, especially in civil court, from what I hear from judges that I've been in front of recently with regards to trial scheduling. So that's going to be entertaining to watch them plow through hundreds of cases that have been pushed back in the system. I actually don't mind doing court hearings via Zoom, to be honest with you, or blue jeans. I want to, but I prefer to be in court. I think you are the most effective of a litigator when you're before the judge, when you're before, you know, your clients or a jury and they can see you, they can hear you, they can, you know, tell you, tell about your mannerisms a little bit more. It's just more impactful than via blue jeans or Zoom. Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine there's, this has been in a positive way, but there's an opportunity for somewhat of a performance right so uh you can use your presence in the courtroom and whatnot and your you know your tone and you know the acoustics of the room to try to kind of like make points whereas everything is the same on a line right? yeah i mean it's it's also a connection right i mean you want to make a connection with those that you are speaking to whether it be the you know the trier of fact which is a jury or maybe in a bench trial the judge and then the you know the decider of law which is the which is the judge you know, this is like this, this format is like being on TV and you can, you can establish somewhat of a connection, but when you're dealing with multi-million dollar litigation, when you're dealing with individual people's lives, when you're dealing with corporations, the better of a connection that you can establish, the better off you're going to do as a litigator and, and for your client. Fortunately, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was a, a, the course of two weeks. There were two full days. I did an arbitration hearing and we were able to do that live and in person. And, and uh, so I enjoyed that. And that was, I feel like overall more effective than being on Zoom or yeah. Zooms. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. Like, like right now, you know, it's, it's me and you. So, you know, I, I can look you in the eyes. And you know, I'm looking at you in the eyes, right? But if there's a, a whole screen full of people no one really knows who's looking at each other, right? So I, th I think it makes sense for like these one-on-one -on -one interactions, even if they're broadcast out to social media. I could also see it maybe being helpful for uh, witnesses, you know, uh, or expert witnesses, but certainly for the litigators, it seems like you need to be there in person. Yeah, like you were saying a little bit earlier, there's a bit of a, there's a, bit of a show to it, right? I think the most effective lit litigators bring people in by, in, in various ways, uh, whether it's it's your you know your your the tone of your voice, whether or not you're moving around and you're showing people documents and making a point, hey, look at this. I think that's more effective than see this on your screen. Yeah. See this this right here. What is yeah, that? You don't you don't quite get your hand on right. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, I've tried. I've had to take one. I've had to take myself personally one deposition. Uh, I was able to get others that I've taken over this COVID period in person, but one I had to take via via Zoom. And it, it, it went fine, but it's just not the same. You just don't get the same feeling. You just don't get to make the same impact. I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who I like to get, I will get confrontational with you, 
And when I'm in your presence, it's, it's more effective, I think, than when I'm behind a screen because it's just part of, it's part of the litigation, you know, fight. And it's, it, it becomes less when you're, when you're not there in person. Yeah, that's what I understand, yeah. Any other kind of trends that are kind of affecting the industry you see? No, I mean, I think firms stopped, I think a lot of firms stopped hiring for a while, but I'm seeing that it looks like they're, they're starting to pick up their, their hiring of associates and whatnot. Again, for me, for, for a solo practice like that I've been trying to run and operate for over a year now, it, it's actually, it hasn't really impacted me much at all. And it's actually been perfect for my dynamic. I've had no problem getting clients. I mean, I've been, I've been practicing law in Nevada in total since October of 2001. So I have a bit, I have a, I have a name, I have a reputation. I've worked really hard to make that name and reputation. Um, I have a lot of pride in what I do. I don't like to do anything half-ass. If, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to give it my best, the best you can, you're going to get out of me, whether it's writing a letter, whether it's uh, engaging in law and motion practice, whether it's arguing in court at a hearing or via a trial, bench trial, arbitration hearing like I just did, or a jury trial. Um, I come in, I, I don't like to go in and make things up. First off, you're not really supposed to pursuant to NRC P rule 11. And I find that's one of the biggest disappointments that I am, in, am facing as an attorney nowadays is that nobody's, nobody seems to care about NRC P rule, NRC P rule 11, which is conducting yourself in good faith actually having a factual and evidentiary basis in, in your matter. Uh, and then when you, when you move the case forward, uh, there's real grounds with regards to defenses or, or claims and, and causes of action. And when you have nothing, I just don't understand how these, these cases and these, and these judges, and most especially family court, just let these things keep going when there's nothing. There's nothing on the other side. In, in Nevada, it's case law that the unsupported arguments of counsel are not facts or evidence of anything. Yet, I swear, nowadays, the way that the law is evolving is that seems to be the only evidence necessary to move these cases along. And it's insane. It didn't used to be like that when I started practicing law. It didn't used to be like that for a long time. But somehow, this dynamic has evolved to where anybody can say anything that they want at any time, whether it's uh, true or not. And, you know, maybe they all think they're Trump's walking around, you know, making stuff up and, and uh, claiming this and claiming that thousand lies in a week. I mean, I, I mean, that's not how our that's not how our justice system is supposed to operate. Right. As you were saying that, I, I was thinking about a correlation with the media, you know, sources. Right. Say, yeah. Right. Now, I can't tell you how much fake news gets spewed out of attorneys' mouths every time I'm before them in a court hearing or arbitration hearing or bench trial or jury trial. It's just constant and it's disgusting. And frankly, I'm embarrassed. As somebody who actually takes pride in what they do as an attorney, I'm embarrassed to be an attorney right now. And especially some of these younger generations, they don't care. And, uh, and so who is supposed to keep them accountable? Who is supposed to hold them accountable? The judiciary is supposed to hold them accountable. And it seems like not every instance, there are a lot of good judges out there. I don't want anybody to misconstrue what I'm saying. There are a lot of judges that just don't care. I don't understand it. Your job is to care. 
Your job is to know the law. Your job is to enforce the law. Nevada has a lot of law on the books. Um, some, in some instances, when we're missing some law, usually it gets taken from California. Uh, but we have, we have a set of laws and statutes and they're pretty clear. And it's amazing to me how many lawyers go into court and spew not Nevada law and somehow it's taken as gospel. And there, there have been many horrible rulings that I've seen handed down based on nothing. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, I, as a non-lawyer, I would think that if, if we have the law, the law gets followed, right? It seems like a pretty, uh, you know, public uh, set of rules and uh, and we should all follow the rules. But yeah, I mean, it's funny because it goes, it's not, it just runs a gamut. It's not just substantive law, it's procedural law. Wait a second, you pretty much learn procedural law in law school and then your first few years of practice. And then it's kind of second nature, right? Sometimes you have to refer to a rule here or there when you're preparing a certain type of motion or or trying to comply with a certain discovery requirement, but it's it's right there in black and white. And I cannot tell you how many judges get that wrong. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, how are you even have a robe when you don't even know what the what the procedural steps are to get a case from beginning to end? It's maddening and it's frustrating. And uh, anyway, it, so you, there was a question earlier about my hot, one of my hobbies, right? So I fight, phys physically fight competition. Okay. I, I've had eight MMA fights, three boxing and one kickboxing. Oh, and wow. I am well, looking to have another fight here real soon and training for it in fact. So all this frustration and irritation that I get out of, of practicing law nowadays, gets channeled into other ways of relief of the stress and the frustration. All right. So you fight and for was... your clients and you fight for yourself. <laughs> I like it. I feel sorry for the, sometimes I feel sorry for those that get me on a day when I, I'm frustrated or, or stressed and I have nobody else to take it out of other than these people who, who just signed up to be in the gym and spar a little bit or signed up to hot, take a fight in the, in the cage or the ring. Sorry, I, there's so many other people I'd rather see before me that would never have the guts to jump in the cage or the ring with that's me. Funny. So you're the guy that jumped in, you're the guy that signed up. And so unfortunately, you're the guy that's going to take ever, what I got to give. You ever shown up in front of a judge with a shiner? Twice. I, 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 one time I showed up in court with two, two shiners. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Yeah, no, it was actually funny. It wasn't because I got punched. We were doing work against the cage. And I hit the cage wrong with one of my eyes and it started to turn black. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I have court in a couple of days. And then literally the next day we were training in the cage again and I hit the other eye on the cage. And like that never really even happened to me before. And I've been training for a long time. So I went to I went into court with two shiners. But fortunately, at that point, word had kind of spread uh, across the legal community and the judges and kind of the judges that I was before on a regular basis knew that that I fought. And so it didn't really say anything about it, but, uh, it was, an, it's an entertaining story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kidding. I can imagine. Well, cool. Um, you know, you kind of touched on this a little bit in the beginning, but, uh, do you, do you have growth plans or what, what do you foresee for yourself for the next like five to 10 years? Uh, not practicing law anymore. No, you're getting out. Uh, I have other business interests that I'm involved in currently and that are going to become involved in. There may be a, like some side, aspect of law. I just got hired as an expert witness about six months ago. 
and I, I enjoyed doing that. And I think we have a trial coming up. So uh, I suspect I'm gonna have my deposition taken at, at some point and then also maybe some trial testimony. I really enjoy that. That's one area of law that I that I saw as I was coming up that, hey, it would be really cool if I could work my way into being a legal expert to some extent. And then I've always kind of been fond of mediation and being a mediator. So I haven't done that yet, but I have some attorneys that I've told that I'm interested in mediating and they indicated that they would look me up when the next time they had a, a, a case that they needed a mediator in and uh, that wasn't that long ago. So I'm hoping that uh, that, that happens soon. I think that I think those two areas would be fun. Judge, no way. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, you could clean up the system. Yeah, it's just like our federal government. You, how many of those monkeys go in there thinking that they're gonna clean up the system and turn <laughs> into everyone else that's there right now? That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast, Eric. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably a different podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, well, cool, man. Hey, any any marketing strategies that have worked well for you? So, I started early on. I uh, got with a company called Legal Match, and they have various practice areas you can join. And for a monthly fee, then you get a you get a, a lead on individuals or, or companies that uh, have that are that need a lawyer mm -hmm. and that you wouldn't just have walking down the street or you know wouldn't come walking in your door the door of your firm so that was that's been super helpful the state bar of nevada has something that's similar to it it's the uh, lawyer referral service so i've been on that too and i've gotten some clients from there and then from referrals word of mouth that's primarily the dynamic that I've tapped into. I mean, I have a website, I have an Instagram page for Kelsey Law Group. So, and again, I've been practicing for over, for you know, since October of 2001. So I have a name and when somebody, uh, when another attorney has a, a, an area of law that they uh, don't really, it's not within their wheelhouse and they know that I do it, they'll shoot them on over and vice versa. I don't do criminal law and so I have, a, a friend attorney who's a criminal lawyer and so anytime i get those I, I shoot them over to him so it's just you know again i think most attorneys generally and i can speak for myself specifically but i like to help people that's why i got into this business anyway i, I want to help however i can help and if if i can't take the case then uh, because it's not something that i practice then i want to help you at least direct you to somebody who i think is competent to in that area of law to help you but when i can take the case i'm you know, I, I love to help. I love to help people. I've helped so many thousands of people and I hope that I have more to help in the future, but maybe more thousands, I don't know. But that's the whole reason why I really do this. And I, I find it sad that when I'm practicing against another attorney and I see that they're not really there to help their client, they're not really there to help the company they represent, they're really there to figure out each and every way possible to bill as much money as they possibly can and collect from that client whether they have a, a loser case or not. And again, that's just, it's part of the frustration that you get when you try to hold yourself out to be a, a, a good, honorable person with, you know, morals and, and you know, the, the, the few, the, the few bad apples spoil the bunch and it's, it's really sad, but that's pretty much in everything I would say. So every profession. I would agree. Yep. Well, if someone is looking for a uh, good, honorable attorney in Nevada, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, they can go ahead and call my office at 702-771-7607. 
they can also email me at skelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y, at kelseylawgroup.com. And it's not just those qualities that I think separate me from others. I think it's, I work really hard. I've always made a point, partner, managing partner, equity partner, having my own firm. I like to be in the trenches. I like to know what I'm talking about. I like to know my cases and the success from that you can experience and the, the success that you can have on behalf of your clients by operating in that manner is it just it's huge. I like to review all the documents. I like to highlight. I like to know exactly what I'm talking about because you never know court or in trial, arbitration, whatnot. You never know when that piece that you have in your head is going to come into play. When even though you may have thought in depositions too, when you may have thought, well, I'm not sure this is going to ever come up. And then you hit it and you're like, oh, I know exactly where that is. Boom, here it is. Other side typically has no idea it exists. And right then and there, you get the element of, mm, gotcha. There you go. Well, cool. All right, Scott. Hey, I really appreciate it. And for everyone that's watching, if you are looking to spice up your marketing for your legal firm, reach out to us at Array Digital at ArrayLaw.com. All right, Scott. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Eric. I appreciate it.